jump right in to tonight's show. It's important. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for the blessings you give. Lord, thank you for the mercies you show, especially, Lord, all these times we are so unworthy, and yet your mercy is still present. Lord, may we be gifted with that same mercy towards others, Lord. Thank you, Father, for never giving up on us, Lord. Thank you for never quitting, Lord. Thank you for always calling. Thank you for being there when no one else is. Lord, we pray you would come against every evil spirit, every uh, foul or wicked demonic spirit that would come against this program tonight. And Lord, we ask that you would surround us with your mighty warring, mighty warring angels and that Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. This is not your program. Father, we thank you and may all honor and glory be given unto you may you be lifted up that all men and women would know you are god in jesus name yeshua's powerful name amen folks we are living we talked about it a few weeks ago when brother jamie walden was on here and and just uh, something else besides that if you didn't hear last week's program my dad was on the show with me uh it was a blessing and a shout out um Dad, love you. My sister was here. Um, she's my stepsister, but we've been step since kindergarten prior. Um, so she's like my real blood as far as I'm concerned. She's been out of prison now almost three years, and I'm so proud of her. She's been sober. This is uh, It's just wonderful. We did so much bad together. I, we were talking about when, you know, my wife, when we were first together before I'd gotten off drugs years ago and um, I'd go over to my sister's and she'd have some meth lined up for me under the bathroom sink or something. I'd run and be like, hey, can you drop me off over real quick? Or, I got to take me over to my sister's real quick. Let me run in there. And I'd run in there and I'd snort some up and run back out so my wife wouldn't see and all this stuff. And we would work always in tandem and help each other growing up uh, to accomplish a lot of bad stuff and um god's never given up and he's not done and um i my sister was telling me that right before she got arrested the last time that um she was having to ride around the trunks of vehicles um to to try to hide from the police um she was a tough she is a tough woman uh, one of the toughest i've ever seen in my life and um but she is not beyond the grace and the mercy of God. And folks, I don't know who it is in your life that you think maybe is not is beyond the the ability to be saved or beyond that maybe that threshold. I'm here to tell you whether it's you or somebody else maybe you've thought there's no way. Well, let me tell you what. If you knew her whole story, you can Google and find it right out there on the internet. It will blow your mind um, from things done in the past and and to see that God has uh, things I can't actually mention on this program because there's legal issues and, and I don't want to bring up dirt to any other f- people that may be listening that may have an association but don't know but I'm just saying there is there's things out there that that would are, are beyond comprehension that God still loves and he still cares and he's showing his power right now 
You know, there's a reason why I don't ask for money on this program. There's a reason why Remnant Call doesn't ask for your donations or tithe or anything like that. Okay, and, and there are people who support it. And listen, I, I my wife gets upset with me. She says, you should really say thank you more often. And, and the reason I don't like saying thank you on the air very much is because I don't want people to, I don't want people to think that I'm encouraging them uh, to ever send something. That's not this program. So just put that out of your mind. Um, I never want this show to be under anybody else's authority but the Lord. I have no problem with ministries that do that for a living. I don't need, I don't have to do that right now. I'm, I have a full-time job and the Lord has been faithful and we appreciate it and thankful, but you know, I don't need to come under anybody else's authority because of being controlled by their money ever. And so that way, this program, if you've ever noticed, I don't have a lot of guests, uh, different people. There's a, only a few that I have on the program um, because I, I don't want to reach out to try to gain popularity to invite more people on the program so that the show will grow. I don't need that. God can grow the show on his own to exactly where he wants it to be. And I thank the Lord for that. And so that's why I don't do those things. And you know what? God, I believe, rewards us for faithfulness to him and following his call and uh, the 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 where the places he wants us to go, especially in this hour. And now if you haven't taken any notice and, and we're going to go back to what happened with brother Jamie uh, Walden. I wanted to mention a few weeks ago, if you haven't noticed, I don't know if you kept up with any of the news this week, the, it was, it's gotten so bad that even now some of the main, more mainstream media people are starting to ask questions. Why is not our people, the federal government, or maybe they are, but the news out, why are people not understanding China's war drums that they're beating right now? This is not a joke. This, What's going on with uh, Russia right now and with Iran and North Korea and everything right now, we are living at a time that makes the Cuban Missile Crisis look like a walk in the park and most people have no idea how close to war we were in the Cuban Missile Crisis because a ship took a wrong turn Now there's a lot more to it than that but we almost completely threw down in that war it was so close in the Cuban Missile Crisis we are way beyond that point right now and when you look at the prophecies in Revelation 18 and you look at through history, there's a reason why the Bible says that Jesus is coming as a thief in the night. It's not to the believer, right? It's not for us. Jesus had never come as a thief in the night to us. We are to be awake and watching. He comes as a thief in the night to those who are not watching. That's exactly why. And so that should never, you should be awake and alive at this hour. And, and But you can see that through history, so many times, kingdom overthrows happened very quickly. In an hour or in a night, remember, you know, you think about, uh, you know, ancient Babylon, you know, they went into bed, they partied one night, some handwriting on the wall. Next morning, they woke up new kingdom. Okay, things like this happen. And you can see right now, folks, if you look at Revelation chapter 18, and, and if you don't believe Revelation chapter 18 is about America, please save your comment. Please save your email. I don't want to hear about it. I, I, that's fine. I, I've heard your, I, I don't, I don't want to hear about it. I know what I believe. 
And you look at that, that place will be destroyed in one hour or one day, and it will happen as a thief in the night to people here in America that are destruction. It will happen that quickly because we were not paying attention to the hour that was going on here. And because of that, our public schools are ruined. If you have children right now and your children are in public school, find a way to get them out and to homeschool them. Find another way. Pray. Ask God to find another way. I know people say, I can't afford it. I can't. I have, <laughs> I've, we homeschooled our children through the poorest years of our lives when I had all kinds of debt from my years of drug addiction that we had to pay. You know, I had to bust my rear end and work a couple jobs. You know, I'd work all day and work at night, you know, to do whatever it took. But we you know we made it happen. And so I know that if you are faithful, God can make a way for it to happen. Uh, in some way, he can do that. And, and he loves taking care of situations that look like they can't be taken care of by the arm of the flesh because God never called you to trust in the flesh. So why do we get so upset when we can't see the funds, when we've got a mighty God who can take care of it in some other way, give him a chance and let him find a way, but get your kids out of public schools right now. It's so dangerous to them because when there's drag queens, open homosexuality, everything that's going on. And the reason it's so disgusting is because that lifestyle is a direct, it's a direct sin against creation. Because these people are saying to God, I no longer want to create. I don't want to follow the command you gave us, Lord, to go out and multiply and fill the earth. No, I want to sin against creation. Besides God, it is a sin against creation. And it's disgusting. It's one of the things God calls an abomination. And it's running rampant right now in this hour. And we looked at it a few weeks ago why this problem is taking place so much in the world. And when Brother Jamie Walden was on there, we did a long, a, a good-sized program about it. But I wanted to kind of just bring up a few verses here again that remind us how important this is. Because if you didn't cue in on this, it's in the book of Romans that you can really attribute why these things are going on. Uh, Romans chapter 3, starting in verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. We see that every single day. And yet so many people think, well, if the elections just turn Republican, everything's going to go better. Folks, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is a that is a pipe dream. And that is a fairy tale. You we the cup of America is filled full. The cup is filled up. We are living so vile and so disgusting, and there is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. These people don't even know peace. And there are so many people right now who don't know peace, even in their own lives. And that's including believers. And the reason they don't know it is in verse 18 of Romans chapter three, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Yes, we are living in a time, folks, that this can all be attributed to the, the lack of the fear of the Lord, which we understood. If you listen to that program, it is God's treasure. The fear of the Lord, it's in the book of Isaiah, is his treasure. 
It's a gift he gives to us. And when we open up the treasure to the enemy to come into our homes, to come into our lives, to come in through our eyes and through the filth of what's going on in the world and through these technology addictions that are going on right now, we open up the treasury and you know what the devil does? He steals the fear of the Lord. And you cannot fear God if you do not rightly believe in God. So if God is little in your life, you will have little obedience and little fear. But if God is huge in your life, you will have a huge obedience and huge fear. And the fear of the Lord is a good thing because it gives you peace. It gives you, it gives you all the gifts of the spirit. The fear of the Lord is so wonderful that when you truly fear God, you actually have peace in this world. There is no scientific explanation to the wonderful gift of the fear of the Lord. The God is very specific. He asks you never to fear those that can destroy the flesh, but only fear him who can destroy the soul in hell's fire. That's the only one that you are to fear. And if you fear him, it will produce absolute peace in your life. And we are living in the days of Noah. And now we are fully living in the days of Lot. And those were the signs Jesus said. There's so many prophecy experts out there. There's so much prophetic stuff. Listen, folks, I'm always studying things I don't bring up on the air here. I'm huge into studying Second Temple stuff. I'm big into studying the, you know, the the stuff in between the Old and New Testament, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls. I love that stuff. I'm 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 joy studying these things. Besides the Bible and everything, because I believe it gives context to figure out how the ancients believed, and if you can understand how they thought and they believed back then, you can understand the context that was given in the Bible, so you can rightly discern the truths of what the Word of God says. But if you don't actually take time to read God's word and to study these things, you will miss one of the the two most, the largest signs there are that is telling us clearly that Jesus is coming soon. This is the very end of time. So yes, all these other things are important, but these huge signs are being buried in our face every single day. And all of our society and our young people now care about these sick and disgusting alternative lifestyles. And that's what matters to them. You know, I was like, I don't know if I mentioned this a few weeks ago when we were on up in Vermont about those two. Yeah, I did. I mentioned about the two churches had nothing but LGBTQ flags on the front and Black Lives Matter. Not a thing about Jesus anywhere. All they cared about was the things of the world. Folks, we are truly in the last days and we better wake up to the hour that we are in right now. So when there's no fear of God, when God is very small in your life, this is why we come to the time that we're at right now. I've noticed that through a lot of people I've had interactions through the years, a lot of people I've had the chance to minister with, a lot of people I've had a chance to interaction with, is that if God is very tiny to them, and I'll tell you how I know they're tiny, because God is tiny, because God is not large enough in their life to tell them what to drink or what to eat or what to wear. Now, I'm not talking about works-based salvation. But if you're dressed like a prostitute post coming to know Jesus, okay, if you're eating things that are killing you post coming to Jesus, if you're drinking stuff that is diluting your mind as a drunkard, 
If you're living a lifestyle that is contrary to the word of God and God's not big enough in your life to tell you what to do, then I question who you follow. I question who you follow. It has nothing to do with salvation, but if God is not big enough, then he's not big enough to tell you how to live. And I'll tell you right now, if you think you can come to the Lord and just live how you want to live, because I'm saved by grace, you know, through faith. And yes, you are saved by, it's a free gift, but you cannot live like the devil and expect God to be okay with that. That is blasphemous living. And Jesus said, those who live like that do not love him. They are liars because those who love him follow his commandments. And that's what we are to do. We are to follow what the Lord asks us to do in this hour. And that is to be awake and to understand what truly is going on, folks. We are living in those last times. You know, this is America. This is the land of the completely messed up, you know, more. We've got more phobias, more disorders now than we've ever had in history. We have more issues and technological disorders than we've ever had. And and we are always questioning. It seems like today, I don't understand this, but believers are always trying to question what, you know, well, do, does God really want me to do this? Or, or I don't understand why God doesn't cares if I do, you know, it's like people are trying to always get around on the word of God. They don't just want to follow him for who he is. Folks, we better change our minds on this. And so I, I know that was a little bit of a, a longer intro to where we're going to go tonight, but I want to just share something. It's not going to be long, but I want to share something very, very important to this hour. It's a reminder to myself. Uh, I think it's mission critical as a believer as we're going to dig into a couple of verses right here in the word of God. The Bible's very clear on this, folks. If you are not born again, you will not see the Lord. Yes, you must be born again. If you remember Jesus's very words, marvel not. When he talk, remember his words with Nicodemus, marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. I want to dig into this a little bit tonight. John chapter three, starting in verse one. If you want to read there with me, go ahead and turn there. John chapter three, starting in verse one. You remember the story. There was a man uh, of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher, come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus could not deny the power that Jesus was moving in and the authority by which he moved. What if we moved in that power today? Imagine what would happen. And yet Jesus said he has given all power, right? He, Jesus is there with us. Greater things than even he did, he said we can do. So the things that Christ did on this earth, that Yeshua did, he desired that we would do even greater because our God is so humble. He desires that even his children would live even more powerful lives through him so that his name could be glorified in this earth. Continuing on. Here Nicodemus is looking for some answers, right? He sees about the powerful miracles and he recognizes the move of God. But Nicodemus, you got to remember, he's got a reputation. He's a Pharisee in that day. It wasn't popular to be around this person called Jesus, Yeshua. He dared not talk to Jesus in public for to be seen with him could be dangerous to his position. He was a ruling Pharisee after all. 
So instead of Jesus telling Nicodemus how he does all this and explaining this great mystery, Jesus immediately cuts to the chase and looks straight into Nicodemus's heart. I just love how Yeshua just saw so deep into people's hearts. Look what he says in verse three. Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You remember Nicodemus started off and said, you know, look, Rabbi, I see what's going on. I understand this is from God, you know, and nobody can do this unless God is with him. And Jesus says, you know what? You're not going to see the kingdom unless you're born again. Wow. And he didn't need, Jesus did not play around. Nicodemus is looking for some answers and out of nowhere, Yeshua just tells him, your life, you're lacking some stuff, brother. And so Nicodemus stands there like, I mean, basically the way I envision him in my mind, like a deer in the headlights, right? Perplexed, looking at what Jesus says. You can, you can actually, you can see it right here. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Here's the problem. Nicodemus is still thinking in the flesh. Like I was talking about earlier, when your children are in, are in people's children in public school and you don't have the, have the finances, yeah, how can you pull them out? Stop thinking in the flesh. We must think in the spirit and allow God to move. The only thing Nicodemus could do was think in the flesh. He was not equipped, even though he was raised a rabbi. He understood the very word of God. He memorized the, the Torah. He knew these things by heart. It was requirements. He's still perplexed that he cannot understand what Jesus is saying. So Jesus answered in verse five, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot see into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goes. So is everyone that is born of the spirit. So Jesus tells him straight up, Nicodemus, listen, listen to me what I'm trying to tell you. Okay? It's not about being born physically of your mother. Okay, That's not what I'm talking about. It's about being born of the water and the spirit. You need to start thinking through, through your eyes of the spirit instead of your fleshly eyes. You must understand. He said, Nicodemus, listen, it, it's, it's like this. The wind blows where it wants to go. And you can hear the sound of it, right? But you have no idea where it's coming from or where it's going. So is everybody that is born of the Spirit. Now, here's the truth. And I understood this years ago from a pastor that I had a long time ago. Pastor Bob, best man I ever knew. Loved the Lord with an undying passion. Taught me so much about God's love. He was an amazing pastor. He said one simple thing. He said, I was glad that I never made a plan for my life so that the Lord could lead me wherever he wanted me to go. Wow. You see, Pastor Bob didn't always know where he didn't always understand where he why he was maybe at the last place he was. He didn't understand necessarily always where he was going. But because he was led by the spirit, it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter where you've been or where you're going. If you're led by the Spirit, that's what it's like to follow Jesus. You trust the Lord above what your flesh can see. You trust the Lord above what you even know. Nicodemus answered in verse 9 and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not these things? Jesus is calling him out and saying, Nicodemus, how can this be? You know the word of God. You've been ra- you are a Pharisee. You have been raised to memorize the Old Testament. You know what the very word of God says. You've been reading it your entire life and you don't understand what I'm talking about. How is this? Nicodemus, if you don't get what I'm saying, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You see, here's the problem, folks. I want to ask you a simple question. Is it possible to be a follower of the Lord your entire life, to have listened to a million end-time programs such as Remnant Call or some other Watchmen show or whatever it may be? Is it possible to have been raised in a church or something like that? Is it possible to have prayed every day and still be lost? Absolutely. But at the same time, it's possible to be confident in your salvation, even when you've messed up, because you understand the forgiveness and repentance and what God can do to keep you from ever falling. But you got to understand what he's talking about. You got to understand where the Lord is going. I had heard a story of this pastor some years ago, and a friend of mine called him to confirm what he had said was true. And he was in a leadership position and over many pastors. And he was talking about how he was he was in a place where he had counted about 400 pastors that came up to him and were telling him that they had never been born again. They were pastors in churches, but yet had never been born again. Folks, in order to see the Lord, we must be born again. And that's what Jesus was trying to say to Nicodemus. You've read the scriptures over and over, but because you haven't surrendered everything to me and allowed me to reveal the truth to you in a very spiritual, a very supernatural way, it's only going surface deep on you, Nicodemus. You have not been born again. You see, Nicodemus had read the scriptures. He understood. He had read through the book of Ezekiel, but the words of Ezekiel had never penetrated his heart because everything that Jesus had just said had already been spoken of. He was simply revealing the truth that was in the very word of God all along. Ezekiel chapter 36, starting in verse 25 through 27. Listen to what it says. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you. And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. That right there is the exact word that Jesus was saying. It had already been spoken in the book 
of Ezekiel about a new heart, a born again, a cleansing, a washing from the filthiness and a new man coming forward. And Jesus was trying to tell Nicodemus that you must be born of the water and of the spirit if you want to see the kingdom. You see, John chapter 12 has a wonderful two little verses in it starting in verse 24 and 25. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it dieth, it bring forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Folks, seeds. If a seed falls to the ground and it dies, what happens? The seed dies and it cracks and opens up. When it opens up, it then receives the nutrients from the earth. It then sprouts and begins to grow. You see, when God breaks our heart, when we die to ourself and God uh, reveals to us our inner person and the rotten filthiness and we, we understand what we've done and how we've offended him and he breaks us down and we cry out and we repent to him, then our heart breaks open and the nutrients of the living God begins to be poured into our hearts. But if we're never honest with God, if we're never able to come clean, and to just come be real with him, then God can never bring you to a place of brokenness so that you can be rebuilt in his image and in his ways and by his power. The ultimate end goal is that not that you sit here and are beaten down your whole life. No, it's about being broken and then born again and being useful in God's kingdom so that you are doing something productive to bring somebody else to this gift of the knowledge of salvation that God was so wonderfully uh, and amazing to each one of us to deliver. He wants you to share that with somebody else so that they can make a free will decision, though, coupled by the power of the Spirit flowing through a Spirit-born-again believer to make convictions in their heart. And I've said this, I don't know how many times on this program, if you've never brought somebody to the waters of baptism and watched them give their life to Christ and go down into those waters and come up again, I'm telling you, you have never lived a day in your life. Now, maybe you're too old. Maybe you can't do anything right now, but you can pray for those that are, and you can rejoice and share in those experiences as one who is sitting on the back praying for those on the front. Everybody can do something for the Lord. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Galatians 5.24, Romans 6.6, 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Does this mean we'll never mess up? No, we will have mistakes. But this means, though, that sin no longer rules over us. Grace has come, so sin no longer has dominion. Grace is not a license to sin. It is the power to live holy. God is amazing. The only way we can achieve this type of a life, folks, and hear me now as, we're, as we close this out, is through a life of absolute surrender. 
Andrew Murray and that famous paper, Absolute Surrender. I've posted it through many programs. I'll try to post it again on this here, a link to it on in the show notes. Um, says this, yes, it has its foundations in the very nature of God. God cannot do otherwise. Who is God? He is the fountain of life, the only source of existence and power and goodness. Throughout the universe, there is nothing good but what God works. God has created the sun, the moon, and the stars, the flower, the trees, and the grass. Are they not all absolutely surrendered to God? Do they not allow God to work in them just what he pleases? When God clothes the lily with its beauty, is it not yielded up, surrendered, given over to God as he works in its beauty? And God's redeemed children, oh, can you think that God can do his work if there is only half or part of them surrendered? God cannot do it. God is life, love, blessing, power, and infinite beauty. And God delights in communicating himself to every child who is prepared to receive him. But ah, this one lack of absolute surrender is just the thing that hinders God. And now he comes and as God, he claims it. God can do the surrendering if we will, for us if we will simply allow him. I am going to link this up in the show notes and post it out there again so you can read this powerful eight pages outside of the Bible, one of the most powerful works in absolute surrender I've ever read. I re, I've read it so many times. It's, it's something I'll probably read until Jesus comes again because it has so many powerful truths. Only a man blessed by God can write such powerful words. Being born again, folks, is not what you can do, but it is what he can do through you. But if we are unwilling to recognize our utter depravity without him, if we can't see our failures and our shortcomings, if we don't recognize our sinful nature, we cannot give ourselves up fully to him. Don't be afraid to allow God to break you. Very simply, Jeremiah 3, 13 and 14, only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God, and thou hast scattered thy way to the strangers under every green tree, and you have not obeyed my voice, saith the Lord. Turn, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married unto you, and I will take you one of a city and two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. God is saying, listen, just start this way. Acknowledge your iniquity. Quit trying to hide it. Quit trying to falsify it. Quit trying to think you're better than everybody. You know more than everybody. You're the ultimate wisdom in the Bible and nobody else can tell you what to do. Start coming clean with God on your failures and where you're at. And he says, turn unto me, O backsliding children, saith the Lord, for I am married to you and I will take you one of a city and two of a family and I will bring you to Zion. But here is the greatest part of this Jeremiah chapter three in verse 22 return ye backsliding children and I will heal your backslidings behold we come unto thee for thou art the Lord our God this is the greatest promise I think almost one of the greatest promises in the entire Bible that the key to being healed in a backsliding slidden state is to turn your healing over to the Lord. 
Did you hear what he said? Return, you backsliding children. Come back to him. And I, not you, he, not us, will heal your backslidings. Let me read it again. Return, you backsliding children, and I will heal your backsliding. God is the one who does the healing. Quit fighting your sin. Quit trying to overcome every single thing in the world. Listen, the way we overcome is by returning to him. The way we have victory is seek first the kingdom of heaven and all things shall be added unto you. Quit trying to overcome every addiction and failure you have and start reading his word, seeking his face, acknowledging your sin, telling him what's wrong and put the healing on his shoulders and allow him to do the work that he has said that he would do. He didn't say that it's your job. He said, it's his job so get out of his way get on your face and seek him and allow him to heal you that's what god does we are so messed up in our theology that's why we can never get healed because we try to do it on our own when he said it's his job and not ours our job is to seek him and he will do it. Lord, I have messed up. Lord, I'm struggling with this. Lord, I can't get victory over this. Lord, I can't do it, but I'm going to seek you and I'm going to pray. And Lord, I'm going to hold you to your word because your word says that you will heal and do that which I cannot. And he will give you victory. Folks, we have little time left. This world will get worse, but God is wanting us to work in these last hours because when it all falls apart, the Lord's not done rescuing people yet. He's got a mission for his people. And in this tribulation times, we will be reaching people like fire, wildfire, burning hot. God is going to be reaching those who you never thought could be reached. And I'll tell you, there will be those who are lost who you never thought could be lost because they didn't put their faith and trust in the Lord. This is Brother Frank saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounded on the mountain. Though a trumpet in Zion.